Welcome to the Cannabis Connection. I'm Christopher Carr. I hope you had a beautiful week. Thank you for tuning in to America's first and foremost Santa Cruz Cannabis Talk Radio, surfing the airwaves. Hi. High vibes tonight at Flying. My guest tonight is Flying Tiger Farm. They believe in mixing business with pleasure. They love what they do, and that's what drives them to produce some of the finest cannabis in the world. The company was founded with a rebellious spirit and mission to bring you better cannabis. It means taking the highest quality genetics and growing them sustainably in a pristine cannabis paradise of the sun-drenched mountainside in Mendocino, California. All of their flowers are 100% pure, potent, and delicious. Welcome, Ari, to the Cannabis Connection. Christopher, Christopher, thank you for having me. Yes, Ari, thank you for joining us. Can you tell the world where in the world are you joining us from? Where are you? Well, right now I'm on my I'm on my deck up here um, in the mountains of Mendocino County. We're about ten miles inland, with a direct line of sight to the ocean above the fog, in in our little cannabis paradise. Wow, give thanks. So we're, we're just outside of Willits. Um, is our is our base town. Willits, love it. Yeah, awesome, legendary zone, very beautiful. It's, I- yeah, it's great. You're feeling the shift. I, I feel like today was finally feels like December. Feels feels <laughs> seasonally season appropriate. I hope so. I'm I'm ready for winter time. I'm looking forward to a good winter. Yeah, pray for rain for sure. Pray for rain. Pray for snow. And, and yeah, we're uh, we had a great October. We got a lot of rain up here. Uh, so, but we need we need more. We got to replenish. Amen. And replenish the groundwater. So. Yeah. Yeah. Was that was that a factor? This. Yeah. No. It's something to consider too. I mean, that's definitely a piece of this. Uh, throughout the the full term season, we're we're seeing wells dry up, and you know we need to replenish these uh, watersheds. And you, you you believe you know maybe that is something that growers should consider, and maybe even in genetics specifically, more drought resistant cultivars. Something to think about. Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, and just um, there's, I think there's a bunch of factors we can do to reduce input of water and other things as well. So yeah, um, good irrigation and good mulching and just the best, just the, but doing the best you can to get the most out of the minimal amount of water inputs. But then also the storage and you know taking it at the appropriate times. And for us, we're based all of our water comes from our spring. Um, and the way our rights are set up, we can only store that water for five months during the winter months. And then that has to sustain us for the rest of the year. So wow. that's how we do it. Um, but it's it's good in that way. We're not really depleting the groundwater for our farm. So it's all it's all from the spring. And the, But then storage is always an issue. You never quite store enough, it seems like. Yeah, 100%. Especially... Uh... Yeah, it, well, when you're doing mulching too, and you you grow diverse uh, diverse amount of uh, you know cover crops and things too, it's it, it is important to to think about of of you know heap and keep the carbon. Um, and maybe you could speak to that. You, you you spoke to two really key things. You know, the, the right kind of irrigation, when to use the water, and uh, yeah, mulching is so key. You can really build and retain water. Um, I know too. We've had dry farmers on the show too. That's something interesting. I know that it's more in the riverbeds up in further north, but uh, something you know, this, there there are approaches and things that work in agriculture that we can do to be more mindful. And I know we in our house, we're in the Santa Cruz Mountains near Bonnie Dune, and we let the grass, you know, we let the lawn kind of let it go in this in the summer so that we could take care of everything else. Um, that was feeding us and in our medicine, um, and then yeah, October was lovely because all the grass grew back. So it's kind of these, you know, just adjusting perspective and, and adjusting to the times. This is a, a fact of life. Yeah, it's, it's interesting times, and you, we we've got to adapt and do the best we can. To. And then, you know, I feel like cannabis is more important than ever in time in challenging times as well. And Same. so. 
that's the other part of it is that it's just like it's and sometimes we get caught up in all the things but when it comes back to it cannabis is just really good for a lot of people maybe it's not for everybody but it really helps a lot of people and so amen that's the other part i like to just remember and to like get back to the very basic first you know principles on that and it's just like it it's help it's helpful in a lot of ways and for people's mental health and for their digestive and for pain and for for a lot of real issues that are both quantifiable and also that are not quantifiable it's really a it's a blessing so i like to just bring it bring that up as well Thank you, cannabis. Give thanks for the roots. Amen. Yeah. It, it, it's so good to get back to the roots of why we do this. Can you speak to that maybe too? Like how did this is many are called few, fewer answer that call and, and chosen are even fewer. Um, and, and how did this life path, how did this relationship with this plant manifest in your, in your story? Oh, wow. Well, uh, you know, I, I grew up here in the hills of Mendocino County, and so I grew up in the lifestyle. Uh, nice. My dad always had a few plants. He was always pretty uh, conservative. It was supplemental, but it definitely improved our, our family's quality of life and, you know, helped us do things. And um, I guess when I was maybe 14, I started to smoke, and it uh, I kind of just really enjoyed it. And I grew a plant maybe right away that first year, and then I grew a few plants, like gorilla style, when I was in high school. Nice. uh, um, You know, probably not appropriate, but it was (laughs) what it was. Um, Yeah. I was a fan early on, you know, and it never, it helps me, uh, I don't know, it helps me be creative, it helps me feel healthy and feel alive and feel connected and really it reduces stress is for me the biggest thing i get wound up about things and it's just a great stress relief um and so anyway to keep going on my story like yeah i you know i left for a few years and went off to college up in uh, ashland oregon and then um when i was done with that i was in tahoe being a chasing the snow and being a snow bum and living the life up nice. there was awesome. Yeah, it is but awesome. I, it was hard to, it was hard to like live. You know, it was hard to get by. I was I was a photographer and I was doing different things, but it wasn't. All my friends who were back in uh, Mendocino County, in the cannabis world, were doing really well, and it was it called me, and I ended up coming back here in 2005, and I bought the property we're on now in 2007. And uh, we we were we ran the whole went through the whole two fifteen thing for years. Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't know how it was down in Santa Cruz, but up here for a long time, it was like twenty five monster plants was pretty much you know acceptable with your doctors with your two fifteen notice without much risk. And so it was like wow. whoever could grow the biggest twenty five plants wins, right? And so, <laughs> Sure. That was kind of how we did it for a long time, just these really big plants. And um, I got good at that, and then we enjoyed it, and it was it was a great – it was fun. And lots of adventures, uh, not all of them good, but, we, you know, it was the Wild West. And then yeah. we started going to the early cannabis cups up at Area 101. Speak to that. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a cool – that's a cool era off of, yeah, Healing Harvest, awesome. Area 101. Was, I mean, People were still pretty yeah, incognito, was, winning awards and not claiming their awards, you know? It was oh, a different man. era. Everybody thought everybody was a narc. There was, like, a lot of fear still. A lot of fear, People yeah. How much fear there was. Yeah, paranoia, fear, lack of trust. People didn't really talk to each other, even though they're neighbors doing the same deal. Yeah, no, the two roads over, and you don't know anything about that community. And it's kind of just like everyone's stuck to themselves. It's like, yeah, yeah. Um, sticker Farmer has that great sticker. It's like, there's no business like minding your own business. And that was the motto, you know, and, like, people just did their own thing, and there wasn't – but they also – we came together, and, like, the Emerald Cup was one of the first things that really brought people together with the focus of cannabis from different communities, and it's been amazing in that regard. Um, 
and has really blossomed over the years. And it really is a great way to get the pulse of where cannabis is in California. Yeah. So it really has changed. It's come so far. And, you know, I'm really excited to see where it's cannabis in 2021, you know, this year. It's looking – I'm really excited to see everybody and experience this. Yeah, to reconnect, right? It's been two years. We had yeah. force of nature with this pandemic. And, you know, personally, with uh, in, in 2020, we got a little double whammy with uh, – we had the CZU fires in the Santa Cruz Mountains have just kind of – disrupted a lot and, uh, and and a lot of people lost everything and i know there's fires every year all up all up and down the whole west coast so this is something too that we're we're adjusting and and, and acclimating to but yeah it's going to be i'm with you i'm actually really excited and, and and curious and it's like christmas uh to to be there and to soak in all the that energy and also yes this the state of the union in a way it's like our uh gathering of the heads of all the tribes and um it, a big it really is yeah and, and to see what what is popular and what are people into and what's the new cool thing and i don't know it's great so, yeah i don't know i'm don't, curious too yeah, yeah I'm, I'm wondering it's good i'm looking forward to it it's so exciting, and yeah. uh, and it's come such a long way from those one Area 101 days. Although I do, I love Area 101 and always will. I mean, it was funky compared to today's standards. It wasn't um, definitely, yeah. It was the lineup wasn't deep, you know. But now we have this <laughs> lineup, and it's going to be a party, and we're all going to go. Um, and it, I don't know how much the cannabis maybe. Well, I don't know. It's, it's going to be the, the world's best cannabis will still be there. So that's right. And like whatever the new whatever is the new thing. Like what are the new trendy strains that I haven't even heard about because I've been a hermit for three years. You know. <laughs> so <laughs> is it is it I still gelato crosses? Is it still ruts? Yeah. Who knows? Right. Right. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there's something. Cool maybe there's something new. It would be out. nice to bring yeah. something new into the into the community or. That's something I'm always wondering about too. Is you know what what does what I know social media plays plays such a big piece, and I know it's like how do we catalyze a more diverse palette in the in the space? I think it would be really neat to see some diversity and some you know just change progression. Yeah, I mean it's really tough. I, I agree. I've I've created strains that I love that people didn't. It didn't take, you know what I mean? It's like the market. Well, there's two different factors. There's like the hype machine, which is amazing. When I see people do build hype around the strain, it's I, I know it is. It, it's a crazy um, thing, yeah. Social. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a it's sociology. A beautiful I'm not yeah. good at it. I don't have that magic, but just to see people do it, it's, it's like it's, it's like a magic in a way. It is a um, magic. You're right. But, but then the other part of it is just like the demand of the market people like what the flavors they like and the, you know it's hard to it's a lot easier just to go with the flow on that just to give people what they want than to try and educate them about the new thing yeah i know i've noticed that it, it, yeah i've noticed that over time i used to be really adamant of of beating to my own drum and then over time i kind of got exact you said it really well it's 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 just nice to give people what they want rather than change them but i think these events and these conversations and these opportunities that's when things do happen though and there is change and there are these like sparks and catalysts that can uh, fractal out and um just look at the regenerative agriculture conversation i think that's really evolved over the the past you know past emerald cups and it's just a beautiful progression of of more smaller farms too that are uh, kindred spirits in their approach to deepening their relationship with the sacred plant, but also the relationship with their land, their terroir, their sense of origin, sense of place. Uh, you speak to it. I was just on your website, and I, can you speak to that? And, and you know, what, what does that mean to you to really like tap in as a, a steward of your of your land? Well, that's a that's a deep question. Um, I can. So 
I grew up on the parcel next door to where my farm is now. Wow. My dad's parcel. So, um, and then, yeah, um, so I've kind of had a connection to this place my whole life. I I remember when I was a small child coming over and meeting the original homesteaders who were here. And, you know, the place where our, the place where our farm is, like literally that exact place has had cannabis in it, you know, since I don't know exactly when, but probably since at least the early 80s and probably the 70s maybe. That's great. So. That's so special. It's it's a pretty good connection, you know, and yeah. Um, I don't like to toot my own horn as far as like being regenerative. I mean, we do try really hard to do our very best and to use organic inputs and to be conscious about everything, like all aspects. But at the same time, I just want to acknowledge that like. We have packaging and, you know, we have impact that is, we're not like perfect. And you know what I mean? Like there's no way to do a business. There's no way. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really well put too, because this, yeah, it's, it's, it's the intention. And and the thing about it is it's a process, right? It's a journey. It is a process. Regenerative mindset, lifestyle. It is. And it's about long-term thinking and about, genuinely caring about your place in the world and and learning and continuing the process of learning and never thinking that you know everything and you know just continuing that evolution and learning from your other farmers who are doing well and like coming up with new creative things it it amazes me the cool techniques and the cool things i see people doing in our community so yeah um, it does i always like really thoughtful people and like really creative and clever people and i'm learning new stuff every all the time yeah likewise likewise i feel like it is almost a spiritual pilgrimage to the emerald cup some of those talks and sometimes just the the heady side conversations while rolling something up and stepping outside or or the music it does kind of fill the cup Literally and figuratively. It really, it really does. <laughs> and now we could use we, that. We could use that right now. I think, you know. We need it. We need it. We need and it. There's, Everybody. there's so many different ways to do the cup. And this year we are stuck. You know, I'm going to be in our booth because I know. we're lucky. <laughs> we were fortunate and get, lucky enough to be gifted by uh, Tim Blake and uh, I think Michael Katz from Mendocino. Cannabis yeah, big ups, Michael, and everybody involved. Yeah, it's a huge, oh my goodness, huge undertaking, and, 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 and what a blessing. And like, won a lottery on top of everything. So like, we've been really lucky to get this far. But at the same time, I do like to hear all those talks and everything. I'm gonna miss some of the other. It's like the opportunity cost. Yeah, there's only one. You can only do so much, right? So <laughs> yeah, doing the booth life. Booth life is is a, is a new experience for me as well. I've I've judged. I've been blessed. Like I thought that was winning the lottery of judging the Emerald Cup and and uh, and and being a part of that process, which is back in the day it was at w- w- Area 101. You know, I did these pilgrimages and getting you know drops and and we'd have the, our meetings and it was such a such an enriching. And uh, humbling yet massive growth experience of learning and interacting with the, you know, the Swamis and the Kevin Jodries and, and, you know, Tim and Phoebe and just the, the yeah, whole legend. fam, right? Just the steep roots, the Bud Sisters, Pearl and Dr. Joyce. And and then over the years, uh, doing the radio show and, and participating in, yeah, really going to the talks and covering you know, covering that, that conversation and, and, and exactly what we've been talking about, what's new, you know, getting getting exposure and being that fly on the wall for the radio show. And now this year is, yeah, total major blessing. I do commend, yeah, all the organizers. And it does take a village, the, the, the hoops with compliance to move things around with distributors and the, the on-site retail and the point of sales and developing these systems and then also facilitating these these uh, small farms we're going to be in this really beautiful spot i'm really looking forward to that and, and encourage anyone to to come check us out the small farms initiative the small farms zone in the hall of flowers i believe at the cup and it'll you know come check out flying tiger what's the, what's behind the night the namesake of flying tiger farm 
Oh, well, um, so that happened in 2016. We kind of saw the legalization coming and decided we had to, you know, take our best shot at yeah. becoming a real farm and a real business, um, which was a major decision. Uh, and, and my wife actually came up with the name which was based off of a Cards Against Humanity card. I don't know if you're familiar with that game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a super fun yeah. uh, uh, dinner party game. <laughs> it's a dinner party game, yeah. And so there's this card in it that ha- ends up having a lot of power, a lot of winning potential for some reason. And it, it, I might butcher it, but it's something like David Bowie flying in on a tiger made of lightning, I think is how the card goes. <laughs> and... Um, that and so she just we were brainstorming names and she came up with that and I was you know I was familiar uh, I'm into history and stuff I was familiar with the flying tigers from World War II and so I just went and did a bunch more research on that and just made sure it was the name I wanted to be associated with and you know it's just something we and then um, we just it was fun and kind of didn't take ourselves too seriously maybe yeah, well, and you, I, don't know. I, I love that fun element, and that's another piece I want to commend you on in 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 the converse in the in the content in the conversation. It's it's really how it's really it's amazing how I discover and can connect with people, and that's what I think one of the one of the pluses, the pros of of social media, especially with the cannabis community. I know we speak about things, the stigma and shadow banning or whatnot, but you. The, the fun element, the creative <laughs> element, what, what what you're doing with Flying Tiger and your your whole team and the whole vibe, it, it's refreshing and it's it's nice to get back to that um, stimulating, creative, lighthearted. Don't take it so seriously, uh, which Herb can I mean, be really good cannabis, at, right? Herb, yeah, cannabis. cannabis. Yeah, I was just looking at pictures of Tommy Chong and I was just laughing. I was just like, yeah, remember, it's it's fun. This is really fun. We're really it's lucky. <laughs> yeah, and we're so blessed. We're so lucky. Yeah, again and again, we're so lucky. So, And, you know, I mean, it's a good, it's a good point to acknowledge that, like, it's crazy there's people still in cages for cannabis, and it's in, that part of it's insane, and it's still yeah. real. So yeah, it is. We, we are the lucky ones out here in California because um, there's a lot of madness still. So You're right. To be addressed. That's so true. Um, yeah. Set, the, set, set them free. Free up. It's it's, uh, it's insane. It's insane. We have humans in cages I in 2021 for nonviolent cannabis crime. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I, it's. Uh, and meanwhile, you, you jump through enough hoops, and you can you can just do you can grow all the cannabis you can in your little plot, and yeah, it's okay. So it's wild. It is wild. It's the uh, yeah. It's the it's it's a one step forward. Hopefully, no steps backward, but. It, oh, let's, let's take a few more steps forward. Exactly. <laughs> let's just put the moment, forward momentum. And that way, if we take yeah. a, one step backward, which happens in nature, uh, you know, things can, you can grow a forest and it can burn down, but then it grows back better. So, you know, these things, there's, there's patterns. There's, there, there is an example and, and there are cycles and hopefully we're coming into this, you know, starting with 2020, you know, 2021. December 11th and 12th and into the 22 and uh yeah it feels like it's it's been a blur the last three years you're right <laughs> I've been a hermit as well um and that's one thing I would like to learn about too um, you, you mentioned you 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 had some strains you created and I would love to geek out a little bit about you know what kind of herbs and, and profiles specifically that you you like to take care of or or imbibe imbibe you know it's, it's kind of interesting sometimes what you grow it, it it fills you fills up your cup even more than smoking right growing can be the ultimate i'm just so satisfied and, and so driven by having a garden I, me and my wife laugh about it because you know i could just grow it and give it away uh but i'm curious about what you know what about your garden and, and specifically genetics really gets you going and, and, and drives you. Um, and I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to hear about that cross that you thought no one would like, but maybe they would. Well, some, sometimes they do. I mean, I've been, yeah, I've been, you'll be surprised. We have, this pink, we have a pink glue that people really like, which was a cross between a pink blue goddess 
which was an amazing strain that oh, a local awesome. woman gifted Katie us. Katie Jean, yeah. And then that was, yeah, well, no, she was uh, Katie was gifted it from the same person. Oh, um, same person. So, so cool. But it was, yeah, Katie's rad, too. But uh, I don't know if I have permission. The, the old-timers, sometimes I don't want to use their names. No worries, no worries. That. Yeah, um, that's so cool, though. But um, That connection, cannabis we, connection. Yeah, and it has a different flavor, and people like it. But at the same time, it's hard to, it's like an extra piece that you have to deal with. Whereas if it's just like a nice OG, like we have this, we have our Kama Sutra Kush, which is just our version of an OG Kush that we've worked on for years, which is, you know, delicious. Um, but it's just easier Kush, to go that Kush's route. Queen. Like an OG. Yeah. Yeah. So, and people love that. It's timeless. You know? And then, yeah, it is. So that's what I actually smoke is the OGs. And then we've been running animal mints on the farm for a few years, and I like that a lot myself. Um, and that's a clone. And then, yeah, I don't know. We, we try and experiment and find new things. Uh, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. We have, I have a sour tangy crossed with the pink glue that came out mediocre, you know. And so we're not going to release it this year because it just wasn't as good as I hoped. Wow. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, this, it's part of the know. process, too, there. Yeah, it is. And it, we always got to, like, have at least one little zone that's the trial zone and put a few new things in and try and find out what's what. Um, so, I, and I always I always grow for myself as, as a customer, too. That's what I like. It's, just, it's been a good – it's been my driving guide. Yeah. Um, so. I think that's true. I was with, uh, yeah, even Val Corral was saying that uh, today. You know, she wants to, you know, whatever is put out would be what I would smoke, right? You wouldn't give out anything that you wouldn't smoke yourself. Exactly. That's a good, that's a good way to live by, and, and, and especially if it, and especially when you're pumped on it. Then it's like, yeah, let's get that out. <laughs> let's share that with the world. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's a good perspective. It always trips me out when I work with operators or meet them and they don't use cannabis. I'm like, whoa, oh, that's, that's kind of a backwards feeling. I mean, yeah, you can still do good work in the field, but it's hard if you're the, it's hard to, if you're working directly with the flower and you make any decisions about what flower you're using and you don't actually use cannabis, you're at a serious disadvantage. Yeah. The way I see it, because you don't, it's hard, you don't have the full understanding of the picture, so. They can, you can still do a lot of good work in other areas, but. And do you prefer seed, or you mentioned you had the animal mint clone, is it kind of like a mix in the garden? Or how how do you run your garden? Well, that's a great question, right? (laughs) Um, You're looking at that hard. (laughs) Um, I know, I know. You know, back in the day when it was 25 monsters, it was all seed plants. And so yeah, that makes sense. Every year and have yeah. my own genetics going. And then now it's mostly clones, uh, probably 80% clones. Um, wow. But we might bring some seed, more seeds back next year as we look for, you know, with um, in a changing market and we just look to stay competitive and reduce some of the labor and overhead that comes with making clones and um, just focus the energy on, um, I guess, you know, the market's tightened up a little bit and that has us just reevaluating things. Um, previously we were trying to maximize production for our 10,000 square foot canopy area that we're allotted. Yes. And then now I'm thinking about it more like maximizing production compared to input energy not necessarily producing quite so much and, like, just maximizing the most we could out of the square footage, but more just, like, getting the most we can out of uh, what we put into it. I think that's wise. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would personally pursue more seed work, too, and keep overhead low, too. Uh, They're just so much healthier. Yeah. And I got some new genetics... Um, that's something exciting, I'm excited about to work with from some people, and I'm excited to go to the Emerald Cup. Me and too. Some more genetics. That's, a, that's yeah, like, breeders really a special place. You, it is special. You cannot find stuff like at the Emerald Cup anywhere in the world. You cannot find that 
quality of genetics in that collection, and then who knows what the new drop will be. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's usually pretty subdued, but but things are getting a little more uh, above board, right? So the packaging le- game is next level, and the presentation, and the marketing, and design, which is cool. It's stimulating. There's that creative piece, making it fun or making it classy. Uh, that's fascinating to see that. But is the proof in the pudding? If you get a really fancy package, are those seeds really worth? Well, you know, that's just a, that's part of the, I don't the whole mind game. Wasting money on, yeah, I don't mind wasting money on mediocre seeds. It's the time and energy, and then the space in your garden, and like by the time you figure it out, they went sure. a year of working to them. Yes, that's a humbling <laughs> process of learning and dialing <laughs> yeah. it in, right? You're like, oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like we so, need R and D gardens. Yeah, or just you could, yeah, I don't know what the right answers are. No, no but you just have to go with what the market wants to get at the end of the day, and people just want really good weed. Yeah, straight up. Well, and they want it fresh, and they want it, you know, conveniently delivered. And that's another problem is the lack of. That's the real problem we're facing is the lack of uh, retail outlets, which I wanted to speak on. Oh, yes, so. please. Yeah, no, that's a huge – there's a bottleneck there. And even at retailers, you know, certain shelf space, and we need to kind of open this up to have more access to more people, which is fulfilling the the intentions of the the Prop 64 campaign and, and and definitely with prop 215 there was a whole movement behind the medical all uses can all cannabis uses is medicinal is dennis perone and we need to get back to that and provide more access to more people and i think yeah the retail thing is a key key piece to that puzzle that we're not really talking about and i think it's an opportunity it's really i'd love to hear your thoughts i think that is important for us to start thinking about more retailers so I came across this data uh, and was talking about the per capita number of retail outlets that different states have per 100,000 people. Oregon is the top one with like 16 retail outlets per 100,000 people. And then you have Oklahoma at 15 and Montana and Colorado has 14 outlets per 100,000. Alaska's at 12. Washington has six. Nevada's 2.4. We're all the way down at number 10. We have 1.6 outlets per 100,000 people, which is not very much. There's no other store or a category of goods where you have so few outlets uh, for the population. And part of that is because of the local control. Yeah. It's kind of a disaster on the retail end because a lot of conservative local governments just banned it. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. It's the, the again the legalization of cannabis in California is a cautionary tale. Uh, unfortunately, it did not go despite our the green rush energy of what was going on a few years back. I believe, yeah, that local control thing really did throw it, it, a wrench in the gears as far as the progression and evolution of a of a new industry, new market, new opportunity, and lots of job creation and revenue generation for local governments, cities, counties, the state. And yeah, that that's an interesting thing because I'm I grew up in El Dorado County and until recently it was like drug war 2.0. Uh they just banned everything and then if anyone did anything beyond their six adult use prop 64 post prop 64, you know, adult use six plant garden there was this whole new draconian sheriff vibe uh, to the to the extent of, of of violence. It was really disheartening post legalization to see that kind of drug war behavior by law enforcement and uh, that local control thing is totally. It's a sad part because El Dorado County grows amazing grapes, blue ribbon vintners and wineries, and has very unique. You know, terroir and, and microclimates and has a lot to offer. It's a beautiful place with a lot of fruit growers and, and wine growers and so hopefully long term there could be some responsiveness in the policy, especially at the local level. I don't know. These are all really tricky things. That's why we need more growers running for office. <laughs> oh yeah, there will. 
that's a whole other can of yeah. <laughs> not a lot of worries. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's even an easy fix. There's no easy fix is the bottom line. First, we got to talk about no it. no easy fixes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it. At first, we just have to acknowledge the problems, and then we can, smart people can work on things. So. Yeah. <laughs> we've gotten, we've come a long way, you know, so far. So. Well, and if you go down a, any town post-2020 as a result of lockdowns, and I know as a musician, a lot of venues, legendary venues in this community of Santa Cruz are gone. The Poet and the Patriot, um, Kelly's Bakery, uh, Cafe Pergolesi. These are like underground spots of culture hubs, whether it be punk music with stouts and porters or, or the Irish pub that only serves beer, but the best comedy open mic in the zone. And you just kind of lose that as a result of, uh, you know, this, this lockdowns with the COVID-19 pandemic, but maybe there's an opportunity for more cannabis retailers to kind of fill the void there. And uh, maybe there's a way for local governments to incentivize taking that step and, and making it accessible to get compliant and, and, and open a new business. Cause that's the other piece is just the, the, the hurdles to become compliant and the cost of compliance. The taxes are being raised this yeah, year. That's kind of tone deaf. <laughs> There's a lot of crazy things happening. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you can speak to that. <laughs> uh, I mean, so my understanding is that was just baked into the law. It was just they have, like, these just, like, preset raises that just are yeah. going to happen no matter what. Uh, yeah. But it, it's insanity, to, especially with the wholesale market being down um is the i don't really know if i want to go into the math of what some people are facing on there but it's not great and you end up paying the consumer so i'll just talk about it a little bit so the wholesale market especially for small farmers who don't have access to retail easily has really collapsed in the last six months um we're fortunate enough. We have our brand. We have some nice retail partners. We can we've got, we put in the work to get to retail, but the folks who have, we're just selling wholesale, are really struggling. And um, so, if the wholesale market is let's say five hundred dollars a pound for good outdoor weed, AAA outdoor weed, and the cannabis tax, the cultivation tax is like one hundred and fifty-five dollars, and then. You have all the excise taxes on top of that that, you know, that ends up being well over half of your price by the time is going to be taxed compared, I mean, compared to what the farmer gets, probably like it's, it's staggering. The numbers are staggering. It is. Yeah, that's. Um, and, and it's not good for anybody because when you carry it further down the chain, these retail outlets are, um, they you know, they have high margins and they have overheads and they only get so much traffic in their shops. And so their overheads are pretty fixed with compliance and rent and labor and everything. And so they don't want, they can't sell $5 eighths and make any money and cover their overheads. It kind of, it, it's really, it's just a challenge all the way through the market and it's not good for anybody. There's no winner. Don't, and the taxes are just eating Eating the industry, kind of, in a way, making it dysfunctional. Yeah. And keeping the private market alive. But I don't have any problem with the private market. I'm not one of these people that, like, people should do what they want, and it's a, just a plant, and we shouldn't really worry about it. Oh. But Amen. It's just, the economics of it are fun to watch. You know, it's just like a, it's like a brutal lesson in economics that makes me identify with 10,000 years of small farmers. So. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Well, and it's it's nice to be outside. I mean, it's nice to. It's good to be outside. It's good to be it's outside. A beautiful job. And cannabis is good. It's good and to have your boss be a plant. That's it's right. That's great. It's a good way to live. It's a good way to live. It's quality of life, and and it's humbling to yeah to empathize and to get into the yeah to get into the reality of of farming of agriculture of, and, and, but this is uh it's still. There's still it's still in its infancy. I wouldn't 
I, I want I want everyone listening and, and, and to set a good tone at this uh, event to, you know, we've got to keep the faith and keep the hope. And there's been volatile swings in the private or the medical days and even pre-Prop 215, the ups and downs of, of any kind of, you know, it's a volatile market. We, we, we've seen this before. It's, things, it's things a volatile change. market. Yeah, and, that's and, it. Yeah, it. At the end of the day, the small farmers are well positioned to ride out the volatility, probably more than a lot of these big corporate well said. that are under tremendous debt. And you know, the pressures that some of these businesses are facing are going to be crushing this year. And but like the small homestead farmers are, you know, a lot of us will be fine. So we're we're made for times like this. That's correct. Yes, yes, it's so so timely. You're so right. Some of those bigger operators, it's just the cost of the overhead to keep things moving and grooving. Uh, seen a lot of a lot of groups downsize, a lot of furloughs, a lot of people getting laid off. Uh, really great people too, people that I've looked up to, that yeah. have mentored me, that are no longer employed. They, they don't have a job now. Yeah, it's very recent. This is right now. This yeah. is where it's at. And it's probably gonna, yeah, it's probably gonna, it's gonna be, a, it's gonna be a tumultuous year. I feel like too. Um, which is all the more reason to get out there to the Emerald Cup and let's see what's going on and let's touch base and connect and uh, celebrate the small retailers who are pushing through, who are fighting their town regulators and making it happen. Amen. It's true. It takes a village, too. We all need each other. And I think it's good sometimes to to, to celebrate. Let off steam. Like you said, it's going to be a party after two years complete darkness and and you know being being cooped up uh it's time to get together and and see what we can do together i think yeah i'm really excited i'm excited about the lineup i'm excited about everything so it's yeah the music is solid Uh, yeah it's, it's it's very cool to see the the progression of from from when we started this conversation at area 101 and it being kind of just just how how it is to this massive production it's impressive it's so cool look it's at us impressive now and it's monumental it's kind of like yeah it's cannabis prom or it's uh it's an it old- is yeah cannabis prom or the academy awards we all get together yeah. and instead of fancy clothes it's just fancy herbs just puffing tough. fancy herbs Joe fancy herbs. herbs yeah it's really the flowers that get to walk down the red carpet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the flowers. That's right. Are there any uh, yeah. specific breeders? Uh, you mentioned you, you had some some gear uh, that you're looking forward to trying. And you don't have to you don't have to name any names, but if you're open to it, I'd love to hear of any. Uh, Sometimes some breeders I only interact at the Emerald Cup. I've never really seen them anywhere else. Um, anyone you're looking forward to maybe checking out or looking for or something to keep an eye out for? I mean, shoot, I mean, honestly, I think some people that I'm excited about aren't going to have a presence there uh, right gotcha. now, unfortunately. Uh, gotcha. It's hard for some breeders to stay in the – Hormerted market wasn't really set up with a small breeder. I know. Yeah. It's not. It wasn't like a thing they thought about much. Um, but you know, is that I mean, an opportunity, or is that is there is there opportunity in that? I, I'm I'm curious because I, mean, I think seeds. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I think seeds are so clutch. Permit, and you put together the right group of. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, I like, I could, you know, there's some people that are putting out good work, but they're kind of just the hype people, too. Um, totally. I mean, I did pick up a, a pack from uh, Mean Gene from Mendocino of his uh, pie cream. I'm going to try that out and see what's up with that. Yeah, that's great. Mean uh, Gene's great. He's amazing. Yeah. Amazing herbs. A real yeah, plant whisperer, and, uh, you know? Yeah. So that might be fun. That's going to be a little on the tester. What's the cross on the ice cream? Um, I heard about the name, but I, I don't remember the lineage. Oh, man. It was... I don't have it right in front of me. I should have written that down. No worries. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to say it and get it wrong. No, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll look it up. Yeah. 
pie cream. It's that's fresh, fresh, fresh. I just remember a meme fresh, he fresh. made of it. Yeah. I just picked those out. Sweet. Yeah. And then I, w- I went ahead and FT'd them for myself just so I could have enough to work with. And then, oh, cool. Uh, see, what I, see what I get out of that. Little increase. Nice. Yeah, I like to like have a hundred seeds to pop. I, if you, I just had a couple of packs, so I need to get up to over a hundred to, to feel to good start about doing like, looking that. through them. And yeah, start trying to identify a mom or just see what kind of consistency they have. What yeah, do you? They what, had at least two different colors in the. Oh, so that's oh, one cool. thing. Oh, cool. Gotta, everyone wants purple now. We got to stick to the purple. Yeah, yeah. So there was a purple pheno, and you found it. Yeah, we're nice. gonna go with that. Of course, no. I think that's that's definitely important color. It's it's yeah, sensory. It's important. Yeah. I was asking my friend, like, what? So what turns purple in a in a hot hoop in the middle of July? <laughs> we don't know yet. We're gonna find out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. I mean, that's the beauty of the the cannabis genome is is really really big. There's so much rabbit hole potential in there. It's so uh, wild. Universe the, the of progress potential. being made on the genetic side is staggering. People are it coming up with so much good work, and it's pushing it in different directions. So it's like when you were asking me what I was doing, I almost feel like it's, it's overwhelming. The amount of amazing work being done is almost overwhelming to the point where my little bit that I put in doesn't feel very significant because especially only running one cycle a year for for breeding, Sure. The people with these laboratories are going so hard, and they have all these tools, and it's why I love it. That's why I, I love it too. Come up with, yeah. Like Connected is coming up with just so many good strains, and just I don't know. Uh, it's, it's wild. Uh, yeah, they're. I've heard of Connected. I, I'm not too familiar, but I'll check them out. Yeah, that's. That's yeah, you're they're right. They're like the other end. They're like big indoor. Indoor, right? It's like Sacramento. A lot of hype behind them. Yeah, yeah, Sacktown. Uh, but they're just coming out with really good genetics, and like it doesn't all translate to small farmers in the hills. But it's just impressive with the flavors and just putting out wild new things that are really potent and tasty, and just the flavor. That's what I love is the flavor. So many good flavors. Yeah, the flavors they're refined, they're sharper. Uh, yeah, it's amazing blending when you get to know two certain flavors, and you're like, oh yeah, I can taste that. In, you know, that's sure, the mom. Yeah. yeah, there's the mom. There it is. What What are you excited about here in 2021? What are you running? What are you excited about producing? I mean, the the the, the it's always an ongoing saga. I, I get really, I get excited when I'm sitting on the sideline with an old homie that I haven't seen in a couple years, and I pull out a jar, he pulls out, or she pulls out a jar, and, you know, I always have my baseball card trade game. I'm excited to trade if I can. Um, sure. I, I love that part because I've always found some, there's always some fun unicorns and I've always, I've traded, you know, in 2016 and then in 2018, I traded the same homie and he had my work bred into a new, you know, baseball card that we're trading. And I love that piece, uh, of just this, like, it's almost like we're, we're, we're orchestrating this really interesting symphony over the years together. Um, and it's an ongoing you know, opus, you know, the music goes on. Um, so I'm excited to kind of come in and play my little part and, uh, put, put some new, some new sheet music in, in, in the opus and, uh, and then maybe score some killer songs, some good jams to bring home. And it's hard to say because I'm always surprised. Um, but I'm hoping to see some of the homies from Southern. That's cool. You went to school in Ashland. I, I love Southern Oregon, and I like the Green Source Gardens guys, uh, Nick and Elizabeth, and um, and some other Rogue River friends. Uh, would be it would be great to see, because it's usually the Emerald Cup that they come down, and and once in a while we'll go up to Ashland and visit farms, but uh, it's it's been years, um, so I'm excited. I mean, I love that coffee. Uh, I think he did F5, and I'm seeing other people uh, create. Stay Fly Farms has like a coffee cross that I was. It's just fun. I, I I've run some of that gear from Pacific Northwest Roots, and I really do like his work. I love, of course, in Santa Cruz, I'm a big fan of Bodhi Seeds, and uh, oh yeah, there's yeah. some there's some Rootsy 
growers that make great beans and no great genetics. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's what I love is we'll just smoke each other's jars and then I'll be like, do you have beans of this? And of course they were ready. <laughs> a lot of people put a lot of thought into it and they're humble. And then, you know, here come all the, the seed packs. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's great. <laughs> it's the ultimate pog, you know, or a Pokemon card trade, baseball cards. It's good to get out there. And it's also cool because sometimes it's for the future. We're for posterity. We're sharing each other's quiver. And if anything were to happen, like a wildfire, I know Nicholas up in southern Oregon has a lot of the Santa banana and the things I crossed. You know, he has that in his career. Yeah, it's good to have a few friends. A good friends, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. backup. And, like, I love that you did your – I'm with you. I would love to grow 100 seeds to know what I, what's going on. Uh, so to do the F2 and, and to preserve and make an increase, that's that's magic. That helps everybody. That's the problem with just buying a pack or two. It's not quite enough to work with. I know. I know. If only packs were <laughs> by the 100. <laughs> Yeah. And it was like, think, you know. Some people do farm packs. You gotta farm, get farm packs. Out. That's right. I've heard of this. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to some farm packs if it's possible. <laughs> some people have a lot of seeds. Some people have a lot of seeds, yeah. Oh, that's a good thing to have a lot of. Well, I'm stoked to, to be a part of that, um, our little small farms. We're going to do the booth life. Um, but we'll definitely, yes. you know, go out and see some tunes and we're right here at the top of the hour. And so I don't want to, I don't want us to get cut off at nine. So I want to make sure you, you have the last word and Ari, this is rad. It's wonderful to meet you. I feel like we just scratched the surface, but, uh, congrats on the small farm. Uh, you know, Charlie and the check, you got the golden ticket and uh, I encourage everyone that's listening to go visit. Flying Tiger Farm in the Small Farms Zone in the Hall of Flowers. And uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. And keep doing what you're doing and, and keeping it keeping it up, keeping it fun. Cannabis is good. Cannabis is good. Thank you, Christopher, for having me. It's really exciting. Um, I look forward to seeing everyone at the Emerald Cup. And uh, we will – we have coloring books. Come by the booth. Oh, coloring books. That's awesome. That's a creative offering. That's super rad. Yeah. It's our number one piece of swag. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on by. For the whole family. <laughs> yeah. Well, it says adults only on the cover. Okay, it's good. I'm glad you said that. Too. Okay. <laughs> Don't let me. Yeah, that's good. Adults only. It is. It's an adult plant. But. It's all good. Stay up, Santa Cruz. You've been listening to The Cannabis Connection. I'm Christopher Carr. Big ups, Ari and Flying Tiger Farms. Thank you, Tim Blake. Thank you, all the staff that are involved with the Emerald Cup. Everybody should come out to the Santa Rosa Fairgrounds December 11th and December 12th. Stay up, Santa Cruz. Be most excellent to each other. We'll be here next week with more Santa Cruz Cannabis Talk Radio. 